Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Farm Talk with John O'Connor with Dairy Gold Heifer Rear Cube, a trusted partner to help your replacement heifers reach their target weights and meet their full potential. Welcome to this week's Farm Talk. I'm Barry O'Mahony. On the programme, we continue our weekly look at the world of agriculture and food. Budget 2021 was delivered during the week. We hear how the farming organisations are receiving it. The annual Department of Agriculture Review has also been published and we examine the findings. It's Virtual Pig Week next week and will be rolled out from Moor Park in Formoy. We have a couple of topics relating to grazing and what farmers should be focusing on at this time. And as always, Farm Talk's John O'Connor looks at other stories which have been making the agri-news. Farm Talk on C103. The budget 2021 and its impact on the agriculture sector has been the dominant story this week. IFA is pleased with the renewal of essential tax reliefs. In summary, some positives, but Brexit looms. Here's IFA President Tim Cullinan. You have con- continuity, the transfer of lands from one generation to the next, and then you have consolidation. So if a farmer wants to sell a piece of land that's away from his farm and he wants to buy a piece of land which is close by, well then that, that tax relief is, is available for him for the next two to three years to do that. So you know, they are critical pieces of, of taxation for farmers to help in development of their farms. In the 2019 budget, there was 110 million contingency fund set aside in the event of a no-deal Brexit. And you know, that is a concern for me. You know, we're coming near the cliff edge, edge now and a strong possibility of a no-deal. And it is very concerning that we're not seeing uh, a budget set aside this evening in, you know, to, for farmers in the event of this going wrong. IFA President Tim Cullinan. ICMSA says extension of farming reliefs is positive, but it's criticised continuing lack of action of farm income volatility. It welcomes the budget extension of schemes, but more clarity is needed. MOCRA welcomes the extension of consanguinity relief and consolidation relief, as well as funding for the Office of Food Ombudsman. Farm Talk's John O'Connor now takes a look at the reaction across the farming organisations. 
The farm organisations have drawn some comfort from the extension of the main schemes, including the consanguinity relief, which had been due to expire at the end of this year, now extended to 2023, plus the earmarking of €1 million for the long-sought National Food Ombudsman. Minister McConnell said that strengthening the position of farmers in the supply chain was a priority for him. His department will be drafting the legislation needed to establish a food ombudsman in 2021, and he was making an initial provision of €1 million Euro to assist with start-up costs. Minister McConnell recognised this is a very important initiative, and together with continued support for the establishment of producer organisations, this could make a difference. Rightly or wrongly, primary producers feel that their share of the retail price should be higher. They perceive that somewhere along the food supply chain, from farm to fork, others are getting a better return for their involvement, without the huge risks and investment of the farmer, and his exposure to price volatility. The establishment of a properly funded food ombudsman would help clarify the issue of fair prices for each link in the food chain, it's hoped. The IFA president, Mr Tim Cullinan, emphasised that the food ombudsman must cover the entire food chain and have real teeth. The ICMSA president, Mr Pat McCormack, while welcoming parity with self-employed earned income credit, he had expected action on the excess income volatility. In the ICMSA pre-budget submission, a farm management deposit scheme had been sought to address what the press release called wild fluctuations in income. The president of the Irish Cattle and Sheep Farmers Association, ICSA, Mr Edmund Phelan, wanted to study more closely what the Euro 45 million allocated for a Covid beef scheme aimed at improving carbon efficiency would commit farmers to doing to get the money. Mr Phelan believed the scheme would indeed be helpful, but detail would have to be studied more carefully. In the background, regardless of what kind of Brexit departure deal is negotiated, dependence on a clogged-up UK land bridge by Irish truckers for the time-sensitive food exports should mean that inquiries are now being made about alternative transport strategies for access to our global markets. The 2021 estimates for agriculture provide a gross vote of €1.826 billion for the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine. This is €179 million more than the gross funding provided in Budget 2020 and is an 11% increase in the allocation in Budget 2020. Minister McConnell pointed out when announcing the funding being made available to his department. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Reacting to the increase in carbon tax, the Munster Regional Chair of the IFA, Harold Kingston, told Farm Talk the government's presenting no alternative to farmers. The thing about a carbon tax is that it's, it's only a tax if it, if it doesn't actually nudge you to use something else. And when it comes to green diesel, um, farmers don't have something else to use. And in particular with, with, with contractors, um, because they, they, you know, there, there's, there's a mechanism at the moment uh, to, to be able to claim it back uh, as part of your tax returns and so on. But a contractor can't do that. And obviously the farmer has to pay them. So it, it's, you know, it's, on, it's only suitable to, to actually get you... The, the idea behind the carbon tax is, is for, for climate change that you turn away from fossil fuels and use something else right now we don't have a viable alternative there's alternatives being looked at but we don't have a viable alternative to green diesel for farming at the moment what kind of a viable alternative option would you be looking for 
Well, I think one of the big ones actually is, is to do with anaerobic digestion and, and the availability then of biogases um, uh, to actually um, power tractors and power transport. Um, but right now, they're, they're, the, the government doesn't seem to be interested in small scale. So that's one of the ones I think that's, that's a win-win for everybody is, is investment in renewables uh, at, a, at a small scale, be that farm or be that community-based, um, because that, that gets everybody involved in, in the whole process of, of dealing with climate change. Um, and, and it makes more sense to invest uh, for, for governments rather than, than buying credits from, from some other country uh, in order to, to, to get around uh, the, the, the legislation that's there from, from Europe. So do you think that it's unrealistic then for the government to try and incentivize climate um, change initiatives like increasing the carbon tax in order to you know maybe force people to start using electric cars but if they don't have an alternative in place then it's going to be very hard for sectors like the agricultural sector yeah i i i always use the the example that you know when it when it comes to transport and so on we don't have the the use of the lewis for plowing a field and and that's the key thing you know we, we need a viable alternative if you're going to put a carbon tax on um then then it needs to be to get you to use something else a carbon tax sh- should be revenue neutral. So do you think that with the Green Party in government that you would hope to see these kind of initiatives speeded up a little bit? Well, look, I'd, I'd hope that no matter what party was in government, that, that these initiatives would be sped up because it's, it's you know, look, we're looking at, at, at dealing with climate. We're looking at trying to keep uh, globally less than, than two degrees, ideally heading towards 1.5 degrees of an increase since 1990. The key way we're going to be able to do that is dealing with fossil fuels. You know, look, there's things we can do as farmers, you know, looking at the soil in terms of, of trying to store more carbon there, looking at, at uh, better ways of feeding cows to reduce the methane emissions from there. You know, there's lots of things we can do. Um, but the, the, the key thing is that we all work together towards uh, a, a key uh, goal and, and it shouldn't matter what government uh, or what party is in, in government, uh, they should all be working towards that. Munster Regional Chair of the IFA, Harold Kingston, speaking there to C103 Senior News Reporter Fiona Corcoran for our Farm Talk programme. Applicants for the BDGP1 and BPS measures of those schemes are reminded that deadlines are approaching. IFA Livestock Chairman Mr Benton Golden has reminded farmers of the approaching deadlines for key measures in both the BGGP1 and BEEP-S schemes. And Brendan Golden said farmers in BDGP1 must meet the female replacement 50% requirement for four or five star female animals on the holding by October 31st. He said farmers must have 50% of the reference number of animals for their herd, meeting the four or five star requirement of females, which are at least 16 months of age on the date and have been born in or after 2013. In relation to BPS, Brendan Golan said, the key date is November 1st. Applicants must have the weighing component and faecal egg count, if chosen, completed by this date. The IFA has called for flexibility from the department on these dates, given the disruption being caused by COVID-19 controls and the concerns of some farmers about attending marts or about having service providers on their own farms. Mr Golan said it's important that payments would be issued on time to all of those meeting the requirements, but for farmers who are unable to do so, the department should provide a period of grace, taking into account the unique situation which farmers have to deal with this year with the COVID-19 controls and other factors. 
John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Farm Talk on C103. Minister Charlie McConnell recently launched the annual review and outlook for agriculture, food and the marine 2020. Quite understandably, the nation's been preoccupied with Budget 2021. The important 169-page annual agricultural review may not have received very much attention. Now, joining me to look at its findings is our Farm Talk reporter, John O'Connor. John, Budget 2021 deals with possible post-Brexit situations. No deal, limited deal, projections. Do we have a clear picture of how agriculture has performed in the 10 months of the current year and some predictions then for 2021. Yes, Barry, we do indeed have some very useful concrete data on agriculture, food and the marine for the 10 months of 2020. This is set out and analysed in great detail and very clearly in the Department's 169-page Annual Review and Outlook for Agriculture, Food and the Marine 2020. And what kind of information is available in the Annual Review? This year's publication includes chapters on the agri-food sector and the economy, farm income and structures, agricultural commodities and inputs, forestry, fisheries and aquaculture, agri-food, sector trade, EU and international policy, as well as the environment and rural development. And John, in relation to farm incomes, can you quote a few figures used in the annual review based on the CSO Central Statistics Office data and the other sources? The average farm family income for 2019 was €23,934. Using figures produced by the Chagask National Farm Survey by category of farm type, indicated that the average dairy farm income had increased by 9% to €66,570 in 2019. Average cattle rearing income was up by 11%, but still only €9,188. Average income on cattle other farms actually decreased by 6% to 13,893 on year earlier figures. The annual review recorded sheep farms with an average income of 14,606 euro in 2019, an increase of 9% on year earlier figures. Tillage farms showed an average income of 34,437 euro but that reflected a big decrease of 15%. EU direct payments were a boost to the Cork rural economy. I understand the review lists the amounts for the various counties. That's correct. BPS, Basic Payment Scheme amounts, which came to Cork, totaled just under €103 million. The total greening amount was €45,119,000. Young Farmer Scheme amount was €2,000,000. €499,058. The total inflow of direct payments to Cork in 2019, the year under review, was €150,465,042. Nationally, total direct payments made to farmers for the BPS Basic Payment Scheme, Greening and Young Farmer Schemes were estimated to be in excess of €1.17 billion for the year 2019. And the global picture then for Irish agriculture? Well, exporting 280 markets worldwide, valued at €14.5 billion, Euro, an increase of 6.3% from €8.9 billion Euro in the year 2010. 
The department's review notes the agri-food sector continues to evolve and respond to the needs of its customers domestically here in Ireland and internationally. So, John, that's a very brief synopsis of the department's annual review. Correct, Barry. To read the full report, go first to the department's website via www.agriculture.gov.ie and click forward for the 169-page annual review. There's an amazing amount of very clearly set out information in this review. Thanks, John. Well, next, the first of our topics on grazing. The sorry deadline's come and gone. Grass growth rate is slowing steadily and we're all gearing up for the winter period. Finian DC is ruminant area sales manager with Dairy Gold. And I began by asking Finian what farmers can do to increase grass growth next spring. Farmers that they make sure that their farm is being closed, closed off the correct cover and that paddocks are being grazed down to the four centimetres residual. So then after that, um, the next thing to do would be review your soil sample results or get your soil tested. Um, it should be done every three to five years, so whichever, let's uh, either review your soil samples or actually test the soil. So um, here in Deirigold, we offer a soil sampling service, and um, we can take the samples for the farmer, or they can do some do so themselves. Um, after the soil is tested, then we can make a free tailored program fertilizer program for the farmer um, and this is based on their stocking rate, slurry application throughout the year and their soil indexes. So in the past year working with dairy gold farmers they found, I found that farmers have found the plan very useful. Um, it works out their fertilizer allowances for the year and um, how to best utilize their slurry and the lime advice on a, on a field by field basis. Um, and if you need, to, you need more information on it you can just contact your local area sales manager. Um, after this, then, getting your results, um, the first step is to correct your soil pH. So you want your pH between 6.3 and 6.5 for grassland soils. And uh, usually lime, or the pH can be low on soils, and the best way to increase it is by um, using lime, that's a granulated lime, and um, that's the maximum um, single application is 3 tons per acre. Um, and once you have your pH correct, then next you've got your indexes for P's and K's, and index 3 is optimum, um, and let's say it's a good time of year to apply potassium, so your murated potash, um, to your low index K soils, and um, a general rule of thumb would be one bag of murated potash would increase your soil index by one, so that would be an increase. Um, of, of an index 1 to an index 2 or an index 2 to an index 3. And farmers, you know, are they right to use up the grass wedge that might have built up over recent weeks and that would help them stretch out the grazing season? For sure, Barry, yeah. Uh, let's say cows should be kept out um, for as long as possible and grazed grass as it's our cheapest form of feed. The growth is, is slowing recently with an average figure of 35 kilos dry matter per hectare um, in the past week and demand is actually at 40 kilos uh, dry matter per hectare and um, their figures based off pasture base. Um, and then the average farm cover is falling rapidly on farms as well, which suggests the farmers are not holding their rotation and are closing paddocks too quickly as well. So resulting from this, it's inevitable that, that farmers will have to feed silage bales or extra ration in the parlour to slow down the rotation outside. And that's a good, just a good um, general rule of thumb. One good quality um, silage bale will feed 50 cows and take up about a quarter of their current diet, which will take the pressure off grass outside. Getting your average farm cover correct in this time of year is also a very important job for next spring. 
So a general rule of thumb would be to have 60 and 70% of your grazing platform closed off for the spring by the 1st of November. That would be on drier farms, and look, those figures um, do change depending on your stocking rate and if your farm is wet or dry. The other issue related to this topic, Finian, some farmers could see a drop in lactose this time of year. Can you talk to us about why this might happen and how can farmers reduce the drop? Yeah, so this time of year, lactose levels do drop off naturally in spring calving herds, and it's linked. The two big things that um, lactose is linked to is your stage of lactation of the cow and their energy nutrition. So autumn grass is lower in energy compared to spring or summer grass, so there will be extra ration is needed to make up this lack of energy. So feeding extra ration will not guarantee a rise in lactose levels. It will need to come with an overall higher daily intake. So along with the extra ration, you might need good quality silage or like extra extra allocation of grass outside if it's there, uh, maybe needed also. So the dry matter of grass at the moment is anywhere from 13 to 15%, depending how much rainfall your area has got. Um, which is very low um, at the moment, and um, basically farmers need to be aware of it, and subsequently on those wet days feed extra ration or bales on the wet days to avoid big drops in intake and big drops in the bulk tank. Um, and also just to note, milk volume should that the milk volume should decline at no greater than two percent per week at this time of year, and if it's dropping more than that, it's just a good indication that your energy for the cows isn't enough. Um, or there's an underlying issue somewhere else as well. Finney and DC, Dairy Gold Ruminant Area Sales Manager. Dairy Gold Green Grain Prices are listed in the Saturday, October 17th issue of the Irish Farmers Journal by tillage editor Mr Andy Doyle. Andy reports that the green barley price has been set at €157 a tonne and wheat at €183 a tonne. All prices published by the journal are stated to be 20% moisture. Specific prices published exclusive of VAT for grain, beans and oilseed rape are feeding barley €157 a tonne, feed wheat €183 a tonne, oats €152 a tonne, Contract malting barley, 187 euro a ton. Beans, 240 euro a ton. Non-contract beans, 200 euro a ton. Oilseed rape, green at 9% moisture, 360 euro a ton. For growers not registered for VAT, these prices carry an additional 5.4% in value for the tons delivered. Prices are applicable at standard grain spec and are dependent on the required minimum purchase terms. Three major factors continue to drive international market sentiment, and those are demand, weather and fund activity, the journal tillage editor Andy Doyle notes. Prior to Harvest 2020, Dairy Gold Co-op, our sponsor, had given an undertaking to its growers it would buy all malting barley offered. Global market for grain is analysed in the Business of Farming segment of the Irish Farmers Journal, Saturday 17th of October 2020. Meanwhile, the IFA Grain Committee Chairman, Mr Mark Brown, said the announcement by Dairy Gold on pricing for the 2020 harvest puts a floor under the market, and this has been welcomed by the IFA. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Farm Talk on C103. 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. We continue this week's Farm Talk with our weekly Tagusk Advisory. Liz Duffy is Tagusk B&T Advisor in Middleton, and we continue on the topic of grazing and grassland issues. Later, we'll also have an update on the TAMS 2 grant schemes, I began by asking Liz what farmers should be focusing on as they work their way through the last round of grazing. So, okay, let's just take stock of where we are in terms of a grazing plan for the remainder of the year. So, um, as we see it in Chagas, there are two main aims at this time of the year. The first is to keep grass in the cow's diet and to maximise the days of grass. This benefits cow performance in the autumn, which research tells us is worth €1.20 per cow per day. But probably more importantly, our spring grass plan starts with the last rotation of grazing in October. So the second main aim that we'll be talking about now is to set up the farm to grow grass over the winter and provide grass for the spring of 2021. And again, we know from research that the financial benefit of being able to capitalise on grass next spring is worth €2.70 per cow per day. So as we move through October, it's time to put a bit of thought into where you want to be grazing next spring. So typically we'd be suggesting that farms should start closing paddocks from the 5th of October. Now the wetter farms um, on heavier soils will usually need to start um, before that, obviously, at the end of September. So the main aim um, of the autumn rotation planner, which is the tool Chagas would be advising for this time of the year for grassland management, uh, the aim of it is to have two-thirds of the farm grazed and closed off within a month or by early November for these farms that to be closing from the 5th of October. So the approach that we're suggesting is that the first 30% closed, which should be finished off in the next few days, I suppose, will be where most of the grass will be next spring. Now, these won't be the first paddocks to be grazed next spring, as I said, because they'll have the most most grass on them. And we will need uh, a lot of cows calved with their intakes up to tackle these, these paddocks at that time of the year. 
So these heavy heavy paddocks will be the second block of paddocks to be grazed next spring from about the 1st of March to Paddy's Day. So the paddocks that will be grazed first next spring in the month of February need to be closed off between now and the 1st of November. So think about where you want to be first next spring. We want the paddocks to have a medium cover from about 800 to 1,200 kilos of dry matter per hectare. Um, We're getting the cows back out to grass, getting them settled back into grazing again. And also, if we think about the weather that we could be facing in in February, we need these to be the drier paddocks that are close to the yard and well serviced with roadways from multiple access points. So I'd suggest for the coming week that you identify which paddocks will serve you best for the first run of grazing next spring and plan to get them grazed off by early November. The remaining paddocks that will be the last third grazed in November before housing will be the more awkward paddocks, so they're further from the yard and maybe they're the silage paddocks as they will be where you'll be able to get slurry spread next spring as they will have the lowest covers of grass on them at that stage. So just to summarise all that, the first closed paddocks from early October won't be where you'll be grazing first. Um, from next week on, um, we'll be suggesting you identify your paddocks that will be the first earmarked for grazing. And as I said, they should be the driest, closest to the yard and have good access. And the target is to have 65 to 70% grazed and closed off by early November to ensure grass will be there for February and into mid-March of next year. And Liz, how are farmers managing the grazing at the moment? Well, depending on how much of the heavy covers are left at this stage, people are generally back with a 12-hour strip wire and they're back fencing. It's critical to protect the regrowths to get these paddocks producing grass for next spring. We'd be encouraging farmers to get as good a graze out as possible and get the residuals down. This is to encourage good clean swords rather than having too much left, which will only decay over the winter. It's also important that light can get down to the base of the sward to encourage tillering over the next few months. Now, if the weather conditions deteriorate, it may be necessary to do some on-off grazing like we would be advocating for the spring. And this is when you just let the cows out for three hours if if they're sustained wet weather. So as regards grass allocation on a day-to-day basis, the best way we find to approach this is to calculate uh, what two-thirds of the ground is. So back to this autumn rotation planner. So, for example, if you have 100 acres uh, available for the cows for the last round, then 65, 66 acres should be closed off in the month from early October to early November. If you then divide this by 30, 30 days, you get just over two acres a, ga- a day to get through. Now, if there's enough grass to last the cows for the 24 hours along with, say, two or three kilos of meal, then fine. But if you need to be going above four kilos of meal economically, it may be worth your while introducing silage to fill the gap. So on that, a round bale of silage roughly has 200 kilos of dry matter in it. So a bale to 100 cows will give them two kilos of dry matter each. It's important that you stick to the allocated area and feed silage if there's not enough grass for the daily allocation. So this is to ensure that you will have some level of grass in the cow's diet every day and you can get to kind of mid-November before you'll have to full-time house. And are there other grassland issues then that need a little bit of thought at the moment? Well, at this time of the year, again, um, I suppose back to the kind of fertiliser scene, uh, we're fully aware now that the nitrogen and the phosphorus fertiliser spreading date has well gone now at this stage. The last day for spreading slurry was last Wednesday, the 14th, and so all that remains now is to get any farmyard manure heaps spread before the 1st of November. If uh, people have dairy washings in their own st- in, it, in its own standalone tank, then they continue they can continue to spread it, provided that the weather and gr- ground conditions allow. But I'd like to just remind your listeners, Barry, about the importance of lime and potassium, which have no restrictions in terms of deadline or the amount used. 
So as we know, um, in terms of lime, correcting the soil pH to 6.3 for grassland is the basis for a good management, a good program of soil fertility management. And some of the benefits uh, of liming, just to refresh your listeners, are that you know, grassland soils can release up to 80 kilos of nitrogen per hectare if the pH is restored to the optimum of 6.3. Maintaining the correct soil pH is critical for the availability of P and K, and there's also a better persistence of rye grasses and clover at the correct pH. It's also important to note that the derogation farmers must follow the liming plan as set out in the fertilizer plan based on their soil sample results. Um, and if they are inspected, they're going to have to show proof that this lime has been spread. So now is a good, to- good time and a good opportunity to review your soil samples and see where you stand in terms of lime requirement. And you also mentioned, Liz, the importance of potassium. Yeah, so along with the lime, potassium or K uh, has a major role in the efficient use of nitrogen by the grass plant. Now, grass silage crops have the largest demand for N and K, and a typical first cut will need 80 to 100 units of K per acre, while the grazing fields need about 12 to 24 units per acre, depending on stocking rate. So over the course of the year, there will most likely have been multiple cuts of grass silage taken. So two cuts will have removed in the region of 160 to 200 units of K per acre. So you can now start to see how important it is to balance the books during the growing season in terms of what was applied from slurry, which has about 30 units um, per 1,000 gallons uh, approximately of K, um, and the bag fertilizer against, we'd say, what was taken off in these silage crops. We generally see that people apply enough to grow the crop itself, but then I suppose they forget the additional that's needed to actually lift the soil fertility. Um, what's also forgotten sometimes is the paddocks that ended up with surplus grass on them um, and they might have been cut with a, a run of bales taken off them. So if, for example, you've got five bales to the acre off one of these surplus paddocks, then you would have taken 50 units of K to the acre off with those bales as well. So with all this in mind, now I think it's a good time to look to replenish the K, check your soil results. Um, in particular, identify fields at index 1 or index 2 that require additional K to build the soil fertility. Using something like muriate potash at this time of the year, we find is an effective way to build soil K levels quite quickly. It actually simplifies the annual fertiliser programme and also reduces the issue of grass tetany in the spring. So 25 to 30 units uh, per acre of K are needed to lift an index. So if you're trying to move from index 1 to 3, that's trying to move two indexes, you will require uh, 50 units of K per acre. So as I've mentioned, both lime and K can be spread all year round, so I think it's just a timely reminder there for your listeners to review their soil samples. And what should be reviewed with young stock? Okay, so as regards the young stock, we just again need to put a plan in place for them in terms of what grass is available for them for the remainder of the year. Um, I suppose the main aim is that we don't want conditions slipping off them at this stage of the year because grass supply, the energy value of the grass and the dry matter content can be kind of deteriorating. Um, and having said that, the in-calf heifers, I think, seem to be in good order in most places. In-calf rates seem to be very good and they've kind of thrived well through the summer. And look, I suppose they'll do away okay on grass alone at the moment in, in most cases. The weanling heifers, however, sometimes can be a bit of a kind of a mixed bag on some farms, particularly if there's later-born calves in the bunch. Um, just to highlight, I suppose, we can't forget that we need young stock to be gaining at least 21 kilos per month to keep them on track to be up to target for breeding next spring. And this can be a hard job to do with silage alone over the winter. So I'll take an example of a mid-February born calf um, gaining the, hopefully, what gaining the 21 kilos a month. And she should be at about 210, 220 kilos now. And the target for an in-calf heifer is 470 to 490 kilos at this stage. 
But back to the winding, um, we'd be suggesting separating out the smaller ones at this stage, making sure that obviously that their dosing is up to date and supplementary feeding them with kind of one and a half, two kilos of meal to bring, their, to bring them on. That's if you're not already feeding them, I suppose. Um, when they move indoors, the smaller bunch will need good quality silage and a heifer rarer type ration with the higher protein content to keep them moving along with the usual housing dosing plan. Um, our clients tell us that they've gotten good results with the kind of heifer rarer ration over the last number of years, so I think it's well recommended to kind of invest in the higher protein level for the for the young heifers. Also, this smaller bunch, when we fast forward to the spring, these should be the first to kind of hit grass next year again to kind of keep them on the right track towards um, breeding there in April or May. So perhaps it's no harm here to also mention that people should be organising to get their silage tested. Um, it's going to be the basis of winter feeding for the majority of stock, obviously. So we need to know what quality we're working with and what job we needed to do, and then we can tailor meal, meal feeding accordingly. And finally, Liz, this week, an update on the TAMS 2 grant scheme. It's one of those issues that people should be taking note of at this time. That's true, yes. I suppose we kind of get intervals of closing dates with the TAMS. So um, we've been informed by the department that the next closing date for the TAMS is on Friday, the 30th of October. So as I'm sure all your listeners are aware at this stage, there's a huge range of investments that are grant-aided under TAMS 2. We seem to have a lot of inquiries from our clients, particularly from the low-emission slurry-spreading equipment, mainly because a large majority are in de- derogation, I suppose, and from the start of the slurry season on, the, on January 13th next year, it'll be mandatory that all of their slurry will be spread with low-emission equipment. Now, I understand that getting slurry out early in the season is probably a job for a contractor on a busy dairy farm when calving cows is the main priority and there's a, there's a big, big workload around the farmyard. But we find, however, that our clients are, bu- are buying the equipment themselves so they can have the flexibility to get slurry out as the grazing season progresses. Um, the most popular equipment seems to be retrofitting a dribble bar onto their own tanker, which seems to be working well in farm and people are very happy with that equipment. And after that, we're kind of doing applications for people who may be trading in an old tanker and they're buying a new one with either a trailing shoe or a dribble bar attachment. So look, as I said, the closing date for this tranche is the 30th of October and the department will start processing the applications after that. But I'd encourage your listeners to contact their advisor if they're interested in the low emission equipment or anything else that's granted under TAMS well in advance of the closing date. Liz Duffy, Tagusk B&T Advisor in Middleton. In ongoing reaction to Budget 2021, the IFA National Sheep Committee Chairman, Mr Sean Dunney, while acknowledging the rollout of funding for existing schemes, claims sheep farmers are now disappointed the budget did not provide an increase in the sheep welfare scheme money. He said sheep farming is a low-income sector, carried out in some of the most difficult areas of the country, and is in vital need of meaningful supports. The IFA National Sheep Committee Chairman claimed that commitments have been given by the Taoiseach Michal Martin and Taurus Early of Aradka at the IFA AGM of a €5 euro increase in payments for the sheep welfare scheme, but he noted this had not been provided for in the budget. Mr Dennehy said the Minister for Agriculture, Mr McConlogue, must support the sector directly and through amendments to existing schemes to ensure generational renewal within the sheep sector. To achieve the long-term sustainability of the sheep sector, which plays a critical role in the rural economy in particular, but also in the broader agri-sector, the sector must be economically viable. Mr Dunahy revealed that the IFA campaign for a €30 Euro yo premium would continue. 
John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Farm Talk on C103. We continue this week's Farm Talk by congratulating two of Aldi's cork suppliers on their success at the annual Free From Food Awards. The gold-winning products and suppliers are Free From Irish Pork Sausages supplied by Hodgins Foods Mitchellstown and Walls Honest Chips, Walls Veg, Whitegate. Hodgins Foods also won bronze for Free From Irish Pork Sausages. Aldi was also awarded an Innovation Award for its Walls Honest Chips. As you heard previously on Farm Talk, they were awarded a 12-month contract with Aldi Ireland as part of the Grow With Aldi programme. Now, they also won Retailer of the Year and took home an impressive 33 titles at the Free From Food Awards, judged by a panel comprised of industry specialists, food writers, food bloggers and consumers of Free From products. Tagusk will run Virtual Pig Week with live broadcasts online from Moorpark for Moy daily at 1.30 from Tuesday to Friday of next week. Orla Kinan of the Pig Development Department in Tiagask has been telling Farm Talk all about it. So unfortunately, as you said, like many other events, our annual Pig Farmers Conference couldn't go ahead this year. So we've taken it online and we're hosting Virtual Pig Week from Tuesday the 20th to Friday the 23rd of October. So we have a live interactive event each day at 1.30pm from Tuesday to Friday. Um, so anybody can join on. You can pop on on www.chagas.ie forward slash virtual pig week. You can register there for all the events. Um, and we'll have a live panel each day that you can um, pop in your questions to and they'll be able to answer those questions. So we're keeping it as interactive as we can even though we have had to go online. Now, ahead of looking at the topics uh, to be discussed, for anybody who'd like to join, what do they really need to know at this stage about registration and about getting online and participating? Yes, yeah, it's actually very simple. We're hosting them through Zoom, so I'm sure most of us will be fairly familiar with Zoom now at this stage. So if you go online to www.chagas.ie forward slash virtual pig week, um, you can register there for each day. So the links are all there. And if we look at the topics then, Orla, what can people expect? Yeah, so on day one, Tuesday, the 20th of October, um, we've actually got a virtual tour of the pig research facility here at Moor Park in County Cork, um, which is actually a great opportunity. Um, it's not something that you'd be able to do, obviously, in real life because of very strict biosecurity procedures on any pig farm in the country so it's really nice to be able to bring people in um, for a tour of the facility so our farm manager here Thomas Ryan will take us on a tour of the facility from um, the breathing building um, all the way through to the finisher building and he'll stop along the way to speak about some of the practices um, and the facilities here at Moor Park both commercial and, and research focused so, um, and then on Wednesday, we, the focus will be on key husbandry practices in pig production. So we'll have presentations from Chagas farm staff and researchers um, focusing on the areas of weaning, farrowing and feeding. Um, and again, you'll be able to pop in any questions and the panel will be able to answer them for you live on that day as well. And on Thursday, then you're looking at biosecurity and energy use. And that I see also involves a farm visit, Orla. We went out on a virtual farm visit to a progressive pig farm here in County Cork. And we met with pig producers Eugene and Kieran Sheehan. 
and they talked us through um, some of the improvements that they've made on their farm in health and um, some of the cost savings that they've been able to make through improving biosecurity and switching to sustainable alternative energy sources. So that one will be of great interest, I'm sure, to lots of other pig producers out there. And then on our final day, um, Friday the 20th of October, we have a webinar with Dr. Scott Dee from Minnesota in the U.S. Um, Dr. Dee is the Director of Research for Pipestone Applied Research, um, where his research focuses on viral transport and transmission in feed, um, feed biosecurity and antimicrobial resistance. So if you hop on to www.chagas.ie forward slash virtual pig week and you'll be able to register for all the events there. Um, and if you do happen to miss one or you'd like to watch one back, the recordings of those events will be available afterwards as well. And again, there'll be live Q&A sessions every day. So we'd encourage people to get involved and send in your questions to be answered by our panel. Orla Kinnan of the Pig Development Department, Tagusk Moor Park. And Virtual Pig Week takes place from Tuesday to Friday of next week, daily at 1.30, with live broadcasts online. A new European project entitled Bovine, B-O-V-I-N-E, has been developed to assist beef producers in getting access to the latest and most up-to-date technologies from commercial farms and from beef research taking place right across Europe in nine states initially. The project, which is being coordinated by Chagas with the IFAS partners, aims to create a network of farmers and other relevant stakeholders in the beef sectors right across Europe to share useful techniques and practices which farmers are using to address the challenges faced daily on their beef enterprises. It also aims to test the applicability of new research not yet tested in real farm environments by implementing it on demonstration farms across Europe. The project is holding its first annual public meeting virtually on Tuesday, October 20th at 8pm. It will present to Irish beef farmers some of the good practices and new research innovations it's been looking at in the first year. In addition to this, a session will be held to identify the challenges which Irish beef farmers are facing on a regular basis. These challenges will then be fed back through the project's networking channels to find solutions being applied across the European Union. Farmers who wish to register for this event, this virtual event, should please email bovine at ifa.ie, all lowercase, that's b-o-v-i-n-e, at ifa.ie. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Stay connected and stay active is the advice of Cork Farmer and Munster Regional Chair of the IFA, Harold Kingston. There's huge concern about people's mental health as the pandemic continues. This week has seen the IFA's Ag Mental Health Week take place. Harold became isolated on his farm during a low period in 2018. But he's been telling Farm Talk that he's in a much better place now. You know, I, I myself, I, I had my own difficulties um, back in 2018. Uh, a year that started off with Ophelia and, Lester and, and ended with, with Storm Emma and so on. So it was, it was a crazy, crazy year. Uh, and I was under, under a good bit of pressure. And one of the things that I, I did was that I, 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 I was under so much pressure, I just hunkered down and stayed on the farm. 
and and I wasn't getting out enough and and like I was involved in IFA at that time as a as a county chair and 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 I I stepped back a little bit um in terms of of traveling I stayed on the phone and stayed with emails and all that stuff all right but I stepped back a bit and that was the mistake I made you need to get out you need to have something other than your day-to-day work and you might love your work and I love working with my cows and I love working with the land and so on but it becomes drudgery if you've nothing else uh, and 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 that's a key thing for anybody is 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 to stay connected, you know, staying active. Normally, it's very very easy for a farmer to to stay physically active, but but you know, active means getting out for a walk. And I've taken on um, walking now as 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 one of my ways of getting away from it all, and it just clears the head, um, you know. And and I'm lucky enough to be in a place here <laughs> where um, there's loads of different walks around around uh, around the Cormacherry area and so on. And I make I make good use of them. Um, but like that's that's the key thing, and and. and when I go on the walk, it, it it it's it's meeting people. It's possible if you're out for a walk to meet people on a socially distanced <laughs> way as well, um, and and have a chat and and take your time, uh, and and it's it's making time for people and making time to have a chat with someone who you know we 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 normally would would be meeting up outside of whatever religious service we happen to uh, attend on a Sunday, or we meet up at the co-op, or we meet up at the mart, and all these things. No, it's it's all about you know you do your business, you get back in the car and go home. Um, and you do need to take a bit of time and if, if you have to stand at one of these side of a car or one of these side of a jeep uh, to have a chat, then, then do that. But make sure that you, 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 you allow time to talk to people. Good advice indeed. Cork Farmer and Munster Regional Chair of the IFA, Harold Kingston. Thanks to John O'Connor for co-producing and contributing to our Farm Talk programme again this week. I'm Barry O'Mahony. Thank you for listening. Farm Talk with John O'Connor with Dairy Gold Heifer Rearer Cube, a trusted partner to help your replacement heifers reach their target weights and meet their full potential. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.